uh, as we think about abiding, um, this text, if you want to do like a, a strong dictionary search, the word abide and remain um, and stay are used interchangeably and they, and they show up very fascinatingly in this, in this chapter. Um, we decided to call this grow and we think about how we are either um, growing, we're in the moment growing, or we can look back and see how we've grown, or we think of future growth. So we, are, we have been growing, we are growing, and we look forward to how growth will occur, which is why we call this sermon series GROW. Um, the Covenant Church had a clever acronym. I don't know who has, who has the credibility for this one. It might be Steve Berger. I'll have to ask him. I'm on a monthly Zoom call with him, so I want to ask him if he was the one who wordsmithed this one. But an acronym that, we're, that we keep coming back to as we study John 15 this summer is GROW. God, as we grow through God's Word, we grow as we are formed in God's Word, we, we are informed by God's Word, we learn through God's Word, God's Word changes us through our relationships with one another. You know, we don't grow in isolation. Uh, we grow together. We are better when we are together, too, in relationship with God and with each other. And then through our outward living, through our obedience, how, we, how God's word changes us, and then what we do with how his word changes us. And then through worship, through worship through song, through scripture, and also how we live, live lives that are um, full of worship. And so this is kind of the template for growth this summer. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, if you abide and you stay still very long, but yesterday I was abiding in my hammock. Um, I I had this moment of um, kind of some craziness. You know, like when all of a sudden you you find yourself doing something and you didn't think you were going to be doing it? Um, Our neighbors had a medical emergency. These (laughs) sweethearts, they were supposed to be getting on a plane to Jamaica at five in the morning yesterday, and then this medical emergency happened, and then they find themselves at Mayo. So they're, and we had agreed to like help watch their dogs, but everything just turned on a dime. So all of a sudden, my daughter's at work, we get home in the morning, and we're <laughs> taking care of their crazy dogs. Um, and they've got really active dogs, like, like a big, big uh, Labrador that is like, I don't know, has ADHD or something. And um, so we, <laughs> We have all of a sudden. I'm like, my day is entertaining their dogs, and so um, I brought them to our backyard. We have a fenced-in backyard, and they were running, and we were playing with them, and they seemed tired. So I'm like, I'm just going to go sit in my hammock, and and I took unexpectedly a nap. I sat down to read, and I was out, and <laughs> and I thought all, I think I thought the dogs were tired out. I thought they were fine. All of a sudden, I wake up to paws on the hammock, knocking me out of the hammock, and and I look at these dogs. And they are not the same color dogs anymore. They were, they were black, like mud black. And, and I'm like, the dog was yellow. And now the dog is like not yellow. The dog is black. I'm like, what happened? It was like a half hour nap, half an hour of just resting, remaining in my hammock, abiding. I took a nap. Well, I left a sprinkler on their garden. And so they did what dogs do. They dug. And they dug this huge hole and I, where they made the home, like, my husband is going to be so unhappy when he gets home today from our cabin because they dug a hole right where there was like a weak spot and made like a very large, you know, probably three foot by three foot hole, but there was mud 
everywhere on the house, on the air conditioner, on the dogs. It changed the color of the dogs. I'm like, oh no. So I went from like abiding and peaceful and loving my day to I'm giving two dogs a bath for an hour, hosing down our house, hosing down the air conditioner. Anyway, I just feel like as we <laughs> have life, I kept thinking like I was, ha- I was resting and everything. And then I went to bam crazy. And you know, life is just like that. And so as we abide in Christ and we, and we take time to rest in Christ, you know, there's going to be things that will, you know, that pendulum that will shift to, all of a sudden you have dogs full of mud that have like destroyed your backyard in a, in a heartbeat. But we always keep coming back to then we are in Christ constantly, no matter what happens to us in this world. And that is so good and such a good reminder. But I just kind of had this like chuckle yesterday as I was enjoying my abiding and then it was knocked right out of the hammock and everything else. So I hope that wherever this finds you, you will be thinking about how you are taking time to just be in Christ, be in him, and grow in him. Um, as you grow, this um, slide, I just want you to think about this. As you grow, if you are in Christ, if you are a new creation in Christ, like in 2 Corinthians um, 5, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. The new is here. That is you. As you grow and, and follow Jesus, we copy Jesus' lifestyle through abiding and remaining in him. This language Jesus uses in his conversation is recorded in John 15, and it's rich with metaphor of a lifestyle intertwined and connected with him, just like the branch and the vine. And I love this message translation. I have um, Eugene Peterson's message, and, and he says in um, 5 through 8, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is such to be abundant, sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words at home with you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is my, how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you are mature as my disciples." So you just think about as, as you spend time with Jesus, that intimate, organic, new life of his begins in us, and it is so beautiful. We do this, then, through spiritual disciplines and practices, and these are for our training. You know, many of you might be athletes, and you think about, um, I was remembering that, um, I, think, um, I think my friend Christy ran the Boston Mayor. No, you ran like the Medtronic Twin Cities. Yeah, I remember when she was doing that and, and training for that. And I remember like, you can't just go and run a marathon. I mean, there are people that do that and they really suffer greatly. I know some. Um, but you think about how when we, are, when we are preparing to do something, we have to train, we have to prepare. And those are for our good so that we are able to do what we need to do. You think about spiritual practices and other practices in our life, we have to engage in them. We have to start making them part of our daily life. Otherwise, we don't have the muscle, we don't have the endurance, we don't have the strength to do it. So as you think about growing in your relationship with Christ and through remaining in him, we do this through spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices by copying Jesus. We copy how he did life. We imitate him. We practice habits of the mind and the body that look like him. You think about... um, you know, there's, we think of these commands that Jesus gives us oftentimes, or the commands in scripture with a negative imperative or, or not to do something, but really they're to make us more like him, which starts with loving the Lord with our all and loving others. 
This then allows us to flourish and thrive, producing a life that is evidenced of his life and his love. I'm going to quote um, Dallas Willard here. He says, um, he says, unlike other practices or habits, the practices of Jesus are for, far more than just growing in willpower. It's not just like we're going to strum this up on our own. I kept thinking about this. Um, this is what I wrote down this past week when I was chewing on this. What are you currently trying to do apart from the resurrection, resurrection power of Jesus Christ in your relationships, in your spiritual walk, with your mental health, and your physical health? And you think about, like, unlike practices or habits that sometimes we can, like, muscle through on our own or we can white-knuckle on our own, really, the, the practices of being a follower of Jesus, we can't just come up with our own, our own willpower and try to do it. Um, it it's not going to work. Um, Dallas Willard said, The disciplines are activities of the body and mind that are purposely undertaken to bring our personality and total being into effective cooperation with the divine order. I really love this, and it points to congruency. It's a word that we use a lot. Um, I'm a therapist, and we use this a lot in, in talking about if, if um, something is going on in your life that is not congruent with, with who you are, your values, or, or what you desire in your life. Your life is out of rhythm, out of order. And so with congruency, the outward is going to match the inward. Our values are going to line up with how we live and practice our life. Our walk matches our talk. And you think about our personalities. Um, our personalities are our personalities. I remember when um, my, my niece was born, my second niece, and she'd be okay if I said this all, but I just remember like, her being born. I was right there to see her enter the world, and I thought, she is an unhappy child. She just was born with a, <laughs> with a disposition that wasn't very happy. And, um, and she's like, Auntie Carrie, it's just my face. You know? So you have those people where they're like, that's just my face. I have a couple other friends like that. But you, know, you think about like, but even though their face may not match how they feel inside, they still have to do some work on that. And you think about our personalities and our strengths. We have ways that we have to grow. Um, we, have to, we have to think about how um, our temperaments, our personality, our quirks, our total being, as we grow and remain in Jesus, we grow more into his likeness and his way, but we have to stay with him and allow for him to help make this happen. Otherwise, we're left to our own willpower and our own devices, and we don't do very good at that, do we? Um, and that might be where we might have a temperament that, you know, I think about some people, I'm like, they just have a difficult temperament. And as they spend time with Jesus, he, he aligns their temperament and their personality and all those things into likeness of him. Um, you think about, next slide, another Dallas Willard quote. He's somebody I hope I get to spend some time with in heaven someday. I don't know if you ever think about the people you want to spend time with. He's one of them. I would like to chew his ear off. Um, the spiritual disciplines, says Dallas Willard, enable us more and more to live in a power that is, strictly speaking, beyond us, deriving from the spiritual realm itself. As you live a life that is rooted and joined with Jesus, you get to truly see and experience an extraordinary life. Um, I have this book that I had referenced a couple weeks ago that I've been getting a lot of, you know, just thoughts on for the sermon series. It's um, Secrets of the Vine. It's written by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. And it was really sweet. I looked in the corner of this book because I had gotten it when I was serving at Linwood Covenant. And I forgot that this book was a gift at my friend Alice's funeral. Um, when, you know, she died very young of um, breast cancer. And she just, she loved Jesus. And she had a wonderful gift of music. She probably taught half the people in Anoka County how to play piano. And she was actively involved in our church. And um, when, you know, her, this was her life passage, John 15. 
And so for her, at her funeral, her husband bought, I think he bought like 500 books of um, The Secrets of the Vine, this Dr. Bruce Wilkinson book. And on the inside of each book, he said, may you find the joy of, of abiding in Christ as Alice did. And he wrote the day of her funeral. And I, I opened that this week and I was like, oh, you know, you think of the people that you know that look the most like Jesus. And that secret is they spend time with him. Their life is so connected in him that you lose touch of who they are and who they aren't because it's Jesus that you see. So you think about this, that beyond us, there's a power that's beyond us and that's in Jesus Christ. And that is, we are given that power, that resurrection power as we spend time with him. You just keep thinking about how um, we don't, we can't do anything apart from Christ. I think about my friend Joe who died very unexpectedly this past spring, June. And at his funeral, John 15 was talked about, that was his life passage. And the thread was as Joe walked with Jesus more and more, all the details of his life narrowed to loving God, spending time with him, and that close love relationship spelled out into all the details of his life. Every person that met Joe Martin was touched by somebody because he loved Jesus and spent time with him. You know, I want you to think about this. Remember how Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing in John 15, 5? Well, John Mark Homer writes this in his book, The Elimination of Hurry. He didn't command us to follow his practices. You think Jesus didn't actually give like a list of this is all the things that you have to do. He didn't give lectures on how to do them or offer Saturday morning workshops on developing your own rule of life. He simply set the example of a whole new way to carry life. And then he turned around and he said, if you're tired of the way of doing life that you've been doing it and want rest for your souls, take up the easy yoke and copy the details of my life. So you think about this. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if we take up Jesus' way of doing things and we carry life differently, I just love that that, that caught me this week of if I carry life differently in how Jesus teaches me to do it, it's so much better. And I, I know the days where I don't do it, and it's terrible. So you just think about it. As you remain in Christ, you abide with him. We carry our lives differently because he is carrying us. So how do we do this? Think about this. Jesus, um, he, he really only gave us a couple of things. To, he said he gave us the command of, the, of how to pray, the Lord's Prayer. It's a simple template. I know when I was little, you know, I grew up in a Lutheran church. We said it every day. I was like, ah, this prayer again? We prayed this last Sunday. You know, and I, I didn't come to appreciate how simple it is. It's honoring God, you know, asking him for our daily bread, remembering that he is holy and awesome, um, for forgiveness, for forgiving others, and just to meet our needs. And then to the Lord's glory. It's so simple. And then he just said, follow me. So how we will follow Jesus is putting the things that Jesus prioritized into practice. Um, You know, as we look at the Sermon of the Mount, if if you've got your Bibles, you know, this is one of the things where Jesus did give an imperative. He said, he gives all these blessings. And ironically, at the very end, he says, you will be blessed if you put these things into practice. He says, Blessed are you if you are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you if you mourn, because you will be comforted. Blessed are you if you are humble and meek, because the earth will be yours to inherit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. Blessed are you if you are shown, if you, for, blessed are you for being merciful, for you will be shown mercy. Blessed if you have a pure heart, for you will see God. 
Blessed are you if you're a peacemaker, for you will be called a child of God. Blessed are you if you're persecuted because of righteousness, for yours will be the kingdom of heaven. And he says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Blessed are you and rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. And, and he gives all of these things. And at the very end of it, he just says, and put these things into practice. It's so simple. So as we do this, it becomes this simple. And that will be the next slide for you, Jamie. We do this by adopting Jesus' lifestyle. You think about um, you know, an apprentice. I know this is, I never did an apprenticeship. I did a lot of internships. And I know the best pastors I watched were the ones that taught me how to love people really well as I loved God. And so you think as, as we watch and we spend time with Jesus, we adopt his lifestyle. We do things the way that Jesus did. We love others and we love God. Love God first and then others. We also do this by creating space for a healthy emotional and spiritual life. I think this is where that hurried sickness really gets us because if we are going from one thing to the other and we aren't taking time to spend with Christ very deliberately, we are not going to have a, a space for God to do the work in us that needs to be done. I've thought about this when I've been at my, my best emotional and spiritual health and, and I, I look back at those rhythms because I have taken time to just allow for God to do his work in my life. Um, for those of us that, that serve and care for others, we have to take time for, to do this. Um, if you, as, as you embrace these principles, you can think of your, yourself like a branch that is on the ground, cleaned up, lifted up, and being guided into growth on the trellis. Dr. Bruce Wilkinson, he, he shared a really interesting story. He said he was at a pastor's conference, and um, an owner of a vineyard came up to him and talked to him about this passage, and he explained to him this part that I think a lot of us don't understand. I know I didn't understand it at first, um, even when I spent time in the commentary, but this vineyard owner clarified it with him. He said, you know, the, the part where it says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, that word actually means to be lifted up. And the vineyard owner told Dr. Wilkinson that young vines often like to go towards the ground. And so the young vines that, that are less mature and, and still growing, they go to the ground and they get dirty, they get mildew on them. Actually, they'll start to rot. But he said that the vineyard owner won't cut the vine off because it's too valuable. The vineyard owner will come and scoop up the branch and connect it back to the trellis, back to the, back to the vine and the branches. So if you think about yourself like that, if you ever find yourself where things aren't going so great because your connection has been going down, down to the ground, it's going south, ask Jesus to lift you up, clean you up, guide you, and put you back onto the trellis because the vine is able to then grow in the correct direction and fruit is going to be the produced outcome. That's really a wonderful thing to think about because God is, you know, he, he says, the more you're connected to me, the more that you're going to remain in me the more that you're going to produce fruit and fruit that is going to last. Um, so I just have a couple um, thoughts for you this week as we offer some um, connection points and challenges. The end result is we abide in Christ is a full life with Jesus as we remain and abide with him. Think about as you live your life, that is what's going to be the outcome is a full life. You know, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I, I've come to give you a life and life in the full and we do this through being conscious of keeping company with Jesus. 
And you know what was beautiful? I read that in John Mark Homer's book this week, and then on Wednesday night when I met with my spiritual director, she asked me that same question. It just caught me. I was like, ah! I, and she's like, what? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is like real because I read this and you just said this to me and you didn't even know that I read this. So we talked about like, what does it look like for me to keep company with Jesus? And I want to ask you that same question this week. As you remain in Christ, you abide with him. Just come up with an image or maybe, maybe pray about that as like, Lord, how do you want me to keep company with you this week? How can I spend time with you, just being with you, growing in you, remaining with you? And as you do that, my hope is that you will remain in Christ, you will abide in Christ, and you will stay in Christ this week and see just what a beautiful um, week that you have. Even if it's crazy, maybe you'll have like the, the muddy dogs and whatever situation shows up in your life this, like that for you this week. Um, we'll have to talk about that next week. But just know that as you keep company with Jesus, he will keep company with you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you love us and, and you are desiring that we grow, that we don't stay stagnant, we don't um, flourish or thrive. And I just pray for my friends here, Lord, that you would help them to just examine where they are having connection with you that is life-giving and positive, and maybe, Lord, where they haven't given you time or life has been too busy, and maybe they haven't thought about that. God, would they know how valuable they are to you, how you, you deem them worthy of time. And Lord, that you're capable to give all of us equal and um, in the best time as we choose to spend it with you. Thank you for your word and your goodness and your um, ways that you are growing us, Lord, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.